Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Wednesday, December the 7th, Ian Cameron. And we've got Alex B. Smith safely landing in Chicago, uh, back home where uh, he will be spending the holiday season. And we also have joining us another special guest. Now, it's I said to our guest uh, who's joining us today before the show started, I got inundated with like 10 or 12 requests to be on the show when I reached out on Twitter when Alex was away Monday and Tuesday saying, hey, this is the time maybe for as much as I can do a show on my own and do it solo, as you guys know. I said, let's let's reach out. Let's see who wants to join me on the show. Literally 12 people within an hour you know, got back to me saying, love the show, love the show, want to be on. I said, well, we can only put so many people on Monday and Tuesday. And I'm like, but I don't have the heart to tell everybody no can't do it or you've missed out or we've filled the spots i said i don't i don't, don't want to be a grinch around christmas so to speak so i said we're going to bring some of our guests on even when alex is back and thus we have our guest today you can follow him on twitter at nhl tip six will joining us on the ice guys show will welcome to the ice guys tell us a little bit about your nhl betting background a little bit yeah i've been doing this for about a year now um pretty much i just look at the last uh 10 to 20 games for each team and I try to find inaccuracies in the market and I try to find places where the market may be um, undervaluing teams, specifically large dogs. And that's kind of where I make the bulk of my money, uh, just betting large dogs at about half a unit to a unit each uh, each bet. Very good. That's a unique approach. Very, uh, very interesting. Uh, Alex, welcome back, back to Chicago. Uh, good yeah. to see you again. Uh, how are things? And just give us an Alex B. Smith update. Oh, yeah, just uh, doing great. You know, it was uh, great travel here with my mom. Like I said, getting here, going to be here for at least uh, a month with the holidays and things going on. And uh, watched a couple of games last night. Did not watch much of the Hawks game last night. And it's funny, I was trying to tell my mom, like, this, this is probably not going to be the best Hawks game. Sure enough, they get shut out 3 nothing. Soderblom made, I mean, Soderblom, for what it's worth, looked really good in the first period. That could have easily been 3 nothing at the end of 20. Uh, and he made some some big key saves. So that that's definitely something to kind of take note he's doing the best he can. You know, I, I mean, I've kind of been hard on, on the guy uh, so far this season, but he's, he's really, you know, he's, he's trying, he's giving his all right out there. And that's the thing, the Hawks, they're still going to compete. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to bet on them, you know, because they're going to lose games by margin still, but they, they are, you know, they're giving up a puncher's chance night in night out. We're not going to see them just, uh, just lay over and, and, you know, lose games six, nothing, seven, nothing, at least not right at this moment. Uh, of course, injuries and things could change that. Otherwise, Columbus tried to take a shot at them last night, plus two thirty. I thought that was a great spot. Considering there was a kind of a flu bug going around, there was a question marks of whether Crosby would play. Not only did he play, he scored two goals. Uh, so it was, you know, rare that I take Sick value more shots. Often. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Rare that I take value shots like that. Um, you know, with a healthy lineup. Pittsburgh's way better than, than Columbus, but I just thought maybe, you know, catching a team banged up. And like I said, around the holidays this time of year, sometimes you see those big dogs cash in, uh, catch teams off guard, especially when they're, you know, those weird travel spots, you know, a one-off road game thrown in the middle of a homestand and things of that nature. So try to look for those more of those scheduling spots. 
did hit another first period over with the Habs and Kraken, which, of course, I know everybody in the world, I know, Ian, you were on this as well, gave this out on the show. Shane Wright, plus 525 to score a goal. Uh, that was the goal that tied it up at one and, and gave him the first period over. So been riding these first period overs with, of all teams, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, a team that was not really known for getting a lot of uh, scoring early in their contest over the last couple of years. But they, that tied us up, definitely changed, at least as far as this West Coast trip is concerned. Yeah, no question. Uh, last night was uh, a busy night. Yeah, just briefly, uh, briefly with the recap, because business is booming for a Wednesday in the NHL, and we don't have this kind of card very often. Seven games in the NHL tonight. I'm like, what's gotten into the schedule makers? Usually two, three games. Usually you get the TNT games, maybe one other one, and that's about it. Not this Wednesday, not tonight. Seven games uh, on the board. So it is a, a full slate. But just in brief about the uh, action last night, uh, look, the, the Shane Wright prop, uh, we talked about this in the summer. We did our free agency recap and draft recap show. When he plays Montreal for the first time, we got to bet some props and him to score a goal. He's going to be highly motivated. We had Terry uh, on the show yesterday as one of our guests. He was loving that prop as well. Uh, so, yeah, and it was nice to see it uh, cash in for sure. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see now. It's one thing for him to want to make an impact last night against a team that he felt spurned him uh, in the draft. But uh, now we're going to see if Shane Wright can continue to be um, someone that makes an impact for Seattle moving forward, assuming uh, he remains uh, in the lineup for them. But uh, other results last night, uh, Detroit stunning upset over Tampa 4-2, although I thought they were live last night, the Red Wings in that game. A little bit of a flat spot for Tampa and Detroit uh, with a 4-2 win. Detroit's actually played Tampa tough the last few games as well, and they did so once again last night, getting a nice 4-2 win. L.A. with a 5-2 win against the Ottawa Senators. Phoenix Copley, not bad, actually, in net for the Kings. A very solid performance from him last night. Very good result for me. Game goes over the toes. A 7-2 night for me in the NHL last night, so it was a very good Tuesday night. The best bet came through with Winnipeg first period against Florida. And they ended up winning that game 5-2. The premise behind the first period bet was, of course, Rick Bonus saying after the Columbus and the Anaheim home games, that terrible first period. We can't start that way, you know, and said uh, unacceptable to play uh, start that way. I'm not here to babysit. These are paid professionals. They're here to show up and go to work. And they got the right first period out of this team last night. They dominated Florida in the opening period. Two to one was a flattering score, actually, in the first period. Uh, to the Florida Panthers and Winnipeg ended up winning 5-2. St. Louis off the schneid with a 7-4 win over the Islanders. How about that? Thankfully for me, I went Islanders team total over as opposed to money line or puck line or anything of that sort. And uh, Blue still did what they often do, give up goals. But they broke out for seven against a good Islanders team and a guy that's been great in net this year, Ilya Sorokin. So very uh, surprising there, but a not much needed win to stop the bleeding for the Blues, 7-4. Toronto shuts out Dallas 4-0. Look, Dallas played a good enough game. You know, they carried the play, but they just ran into Matt Murray. who was a brick wall last night. And the sequence of five-on-three goaltending from Matt Murray when Dallas had a five-on-three late in the second, but as good as you'll see uh, all season long. It was just brilliant goaltending from him. Uh, Montreal, credit to them after a brutal loss to Vancouver. They responded the right way, and they beat Seattle on a back-to-back on the road, 4-2 in that game. So, well... Wright scored against his old, uh, not his old team, but the team that he thought should have drafted him 
Uh, that's about the only highlight for Seattle. And Martin Jones, brutal, by the way. I think the Martin Jones hot streak there is over. I mean, the L.A. game was a shit show. Every single recent start, he's given up four-plus goals, it seems, lately. The first goal that he gives up is a long shot from the blue line. There was not much of a screen. you got to stop that puck as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, the Martin Jones uh, honeymoon is over. It's back to the Martin Jones. I can't stop a beach ball, you know, uh, like we always say. Uh, the day at the beach with Martin Jones. And uh, it's back to that again with uh, him and net for the uh, Seattle Kraken. And how about Anaheim? Credit to them. Struggling team, knocking off the Carolina Hurricanes 4-3 uh, in overtime last night. I'm going to have to remember this in the future, Alex, about this Carolina team. They have trouble in California. doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's San Jose, L.A., Anaheim. I mean, they beat San Jose, but lucky. I know they scored a late goal just to pull ahead in that game earlier this year. And they just have some tough times in this state when they go out way out West and last night they ran into it against Anaheim. Yeah. It's something you see all the time. My, my Blackhawks for years used to be uh, awful on the West coast road trip. It was, you know, we called it the circus trip because uh, not only because the circus was in town in Chicago, it's what displaced them out of the United center, but it was an absolute circus the way that they played against the Kings and the ducks and the sharks. And it didn't matter how good or bad those teams were. It just never showed up. And Carolina is kind of falling in that same trend. And you just have that with this kind of travel and, and you've got, you know, Places like Western Canada, you've got the Florida trip, you got the the you know and the California trip, which now really is kind of been an extension because of Seattle and Vegas being added. So though what used to be a three three games and four nights tops or three games and five nights, now they're really it's really kind of sandwiched in the middle of a five and seven or a six and eight spot or five and eight spots. So you have to look at that. And we talk about scheduling, schedule-based handicapping. Those are things you have to kind of circle on, and especially when you can get you know you know that team's better than the team that they're visiting. But if just if the travel or this team just somehow just doesn't play well in a certain arena, uh, you get some great value on that dog at home. There's no question about that. Uh, Will, some final uh, thoughts from you about last night, and then uh, we'll move on to tonight. Yeah, I had a pretty good night. Uh, I grabbed uh, Red Wings' money line, uh, plus 210. I also was on uh, the Jets' money line and the Maple Leafs' money line, which – I'll call a little karma for losing the Canadians the night before uh, after they were up for nothing um, with that 10% chance of winning. Um, but I'm glad that Matt Murray stood on his head and got the dub. So yeah, was he was, awesome. he was absolutely, yeah, he was absolutely excellent last night for the Leafs and credit to them, the Sandine, Lilligren, all these guys that are picking up more minutes on the blue line with Riley and Muzzin and Brody out. Uh, they've done an excellent job. All right. Hopefully we do an excellent job. Uh, picking these games tonight. Uh, on we go to the Wednesday card. Washington, Philadelphia. We've got the Capitals minus 140. Road favorites, six the total in this game. I'm on the Flyers here. Yeah, rarity. Uh, I'm going to look at the uh, Philadelphia side here at this one as a home underdog price. They've got a Washington team that is in a spot that is dubious, to say the least. First of all, they've only won four road games this year. That's the first thing to point out. They're 4-11 and 11 on the road this year the Washington Capitals. They've been uh, rather dreadful away from home. They did beat Edmonton in their last game by a score of 3-2, to two, but stringing wins together has often been a problem for the Capitals this year. Let's not forget that. And this is a weird scheduling spot for them because they were in Seattle, they were in Vancouver, they were in Seattle, in Calgary, in Edmonton. They're all the way east now to Philly tonight, and then they head back home finally to face Seattle. And then they actually have this team going back on the road again. Another horseshit job by the schedule makers, putting a team behind the eight ball. And I'm a, I'm not a Capitals guy, as you know. Uh, you know, the, uh, not this year. I've been betting against them quite a bit. So it's not like I'm trying to be an apologist. 
I, I will call it right down the middle for every team that's put in this situation. This is ridiculous. You know, you're out West. You go now to Philly for one game, one East game. You're back home. You, you know, you unpack, you unwind, you have one home game, and then you got to pack up again and go on the road for two more games at least. I mean, it's just absolutely absurd that this was done to the Washington Capitals. But we've said this about Edmonton. We've said this about other teams that were placed in this kind of predicament uh, in terms of the schedule. So uh, it's just unfortunate here that the uh, Washington now is the uh, team that's in a little bit of a tricky uh, part of their schedule, rigorous part of their schedule. You, you look at Philadelphia, and while they're only 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games, they are off a win against Colorado, albeit we'll get to Colorado later. Not quite the same team right now with the injuries mounting at an alarming rate uh, for the defending Stanley Cup champions. But nevertheless, to get a 5-3 win against them uh, in their last game on Monday night, still a good thing, a step in the right direction for Philly. They battled New Jersey, one of the hottest teams in the league right now, very uh, tightly. In fact, I think outplayed, outchanced the Devils in that game, unfortunate to lose 3-2. So you're seeing some positives here from this Philadelphia Flyers team. You're also starting to see them get, you know, at least a little bit healthier. Getting Travis Konechny back means a lot. Uh, they're still without Atkinson, Wade Allison, and Couturier still a ways away from coming back, but they got Konechny back recently. He's been one of their better offensive players this year, 10 goals, 12 assists. He comes back from injury, and he scores in each of the three games since he's been back against Tampa, Jersey, and Colorado. Definitely think he's probably someone you look at in terms of if you're going to build an SGP in this game, you got to put Konechny either to score a goal or score a point, something involving him in this game because he's been that good for the Flyers. And now you get JVR back from injury tonight for the Philadelphia Flyers as well. Finger injury, uh, he's going to return. This is someone that's going to improve this team a little bit at the offensive end. We know that hand-eye coordination. He parks his uh, behind in front of the net and, and is always able to score from close in. Uh, he's just been a master at that throughout his career. So that's certainly going to help the Flyers moving forward. I think the price is decent. The spot certainly is good for Philly. They're a rested team, still at home. Uh, haven't played since Monday. They got this Washington team rolling in from Alberta, playing this game. Maybe looking forward to getting back home as well because it's been a long road trip and you just played some bigger teams, right? Calgary, Edmonton, the big win against Edmonton, lowly little old Philadelphia now. A little bit of a dubious spot, like I say, for the Capitals. So I like Philly, Philly here, plus 120. Alex, uh, Capitals Flyers. Yeah, I like to draw in this spot at plus 340. It's interesting looking at Washington, including this meeting or, the, or, the, or this uh, this team against Philly. The next four opponents they play in each of those last meetings with that opponent, all four of those games went into overtime. So it's something you don't get to see uh, too often. So this might be one of those trends where we get to see kind of a, these are two teams that are bad, right? And, and it, But they're in bad in different directions. Philly's just trying to rebuild. Uh, you know, we knew it was going to be a bad road for them. Washington is just on the decline. They're just an older, slower team. Like I said, they have no business being really favored against much of anybody, especially on the road, in my opinion. If this is a home game, minus 140 makes a little bit of sense. But uh, the only way you can look from a side perspective would be Flyers. But I like this draw quite a bit at 340. I think this could be a real close game, be a 2-2, 3-3 score after 60 minutes. I think there's good value in that number. And by the way, the last meeting previously between these two teams this year in November in Washington was a 3-2 to two win in overtime for the Capitals. So that's another reason I think Philly's live. They obviously battled Washington very tough the last time they played them in the nation's capital. Now they get them at home. Now they have the rest advantage. Not, not the rest advantage because they both played Monday, but 
still a situational advantage. There's no travel for Phillies. The home game still at home, and Washington having to travel from Alberta back to the Eastern Time Zone. And so one, one more quick thing travel. too, other than other than that nine-two blowout at the end of last season, all these meetings really uh, eight of the last nine have been fairly close. So yeah. it's these two teams that just kind of play each other tight. The division rivals, so uh, it, it makes a lot of sense for that. Yeah, and I'm going to have to see Charlie Lindgren, by the way, play well again. Two games in a row. You actually didn't have to do as much as Skinner for Edmonton. Skinner had was faced like 50 shots, and Lindgren was good, though, when he had to be. Edmonton did make a push in the third period. Lindgren shut the door, but, yeah, it's Charlie Lindgren's net right now for the uh, Washington Capitals with Darcy Kemper out uh, indefinitely. So I'm going to need to see him play well again. This is still someone with an above three goals against average uh, on the season for the uh, Capitals. Uh, Will, what do you think here, Washington Philly? Yeah, my model doesn't have an edge on the side. It makes it uh, 120 minus 120 each each way. But I will say the the spot would make me lean towards the Flyers. Uh, I'm in agreement there. Um, I'm very close to playing the under. I have about 5.33 projected goals. And I like team both of the team's playing styles for the under. Um, also, I will say using the last 10 games, home and away, uh, this I have it projected at about 4.1 goals. Um, which is very low and something that makes me want to play the under as well. And um, lastly, I agree. Um, I think this game could end in a draw. I have it at a 0.2 goal differential um, plus 340 for a draw with teams this close seems a little bit high. All right, good stuff. Um, and, and, and prop wise, it's not going to be a huge prop game because I kind of agree with what Will's saying here. It could be a lower scoring a hockey game here in this one. Lindgren's always the wild card, but Hart at home. Hart played pretty well uh, actually against uh, Colorado, and uh, in the last two starts, actually he's made he's been very good again. We know Hart historically, long term, has been pretty solid on home ice uh, and uh, continues to be that way. The Colorado game in particular, he did face 32 shots, held them down to three, and a lot of those goals were late. You know, Colorado made it interesting, you know, when they were down 4-1. Maybe Philly fell asleep a little bit. Some of those goals with the extra attacker. Uh, so it was a really good game for uh, Carter Hart. And uh, we'll see if he can keep it going for the uh, Flyers here tonight, taking on this Washington team. All right, Buffalo and Columbus. We've got the uh, Buffalo Sabres minus 160 uh, road favorites here. Six and a half the uh, total uh, in this game. Obviously, the uh, Sabres with the uh, rest advantage themselves coming into this game tonight. They haven't played since Sunday night when they took down the uh, San Jose Sharks uh, by a score of uh, six to three uh, in that game. Uh, that game was very good. I had the Sabres uh, as a best bet on the Sunday show. Also the over in that game. And look, uh, it's pretty much wash, rinse, repeat for me when it comes to Sabres games from a totals perspective right now. You're going to hang a six and a half out there. I'm going to be betting the thing over the total. Uh, and that's what we are going to be doing here tonight. It's a seven and one run to the over for the Buffalo Sabres uh, in their last eight games. Uh, they have in the last four Buffalo Sabres games, we have either seen the Sabres or the opponent, one or the other, and sometimes both, you know, score at least five goals. And that's in each of the last four games. So uh, it tells you right there whether it's the opponent, whether it's the Sabres, you know, if one of the teams is going to get five goals and a total six and a half, you're going to have a very good chance of cashing it over here uh, in this game. Uko Pekalukkanen, by the way, will be in net for the uh, Sabres. It'll be his, uh, I believe, his fifth consecutive start now as they're trying to give him some racetrack here. Actually, his third consecutive start. He didn't play against Detroit that night last week, but he played against Colorado, played against San Jose. 
it's still a work in progress. That's the best way to put it. Gave up six to Tampa on uh, November 28th. Uh, gave up five goals in the loss to Colorado. They beat San Jose. He still gave up three goals on 29 shots. The numbers for him, uh, uh, 4.17 goals against average, 8.56 uh, save percentage. You've got Jonas Corposalo confirmed for the uh, Blue Jackets after uh, Elvis Merzlikens played and made his return uh, last night against the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins in that uh, 4-1 loss to the uh, Penguins. It'll be Corposalo tonight, 3.51 goals against average, 9.05 save percentage for him. It's been a pretty tough season for everybody in net for the Blue Jackets, including Corpusallo. He's given up at least three goals now in four of his last six starts uh, coming into this uh, matchup here against the uh, Sabres. So I definitely like over six and a half. I think that's the best way to go. Kind of interested in Buffalo and regulation. I might put a couple of bucks on that smaller bet, but uh, I do think they have the situational edge. I do think their form, when you look at the Sabres, I think there's some wins coming down the pike for this team because you look at their schedule it was pretty tough you played new jersey you played tampa bay you played colorado you know you played some pretty tough games you're not expecting to win that those games but then you beat detroit you beat san jose uh you beat st louis you beat montreal you know they're beating the teams they should you know in theory they should win this game they should beat the blue jackets here so sabers in regulation smaller bet a stronger opinion for me in this game over six and a half uh, what do you think here, Alex, Sabres jackets? Yeah, I really like this over a lot, but I'm going to wait and grab it in-game. Even though uh, Buffalo is at four straight first period over his cash, I don't think we're going to see a, a goal score too early. We should be able to wait long enough for this to drop to five and a half. Anything five and a half laying a dollar twenty, uh, that would be my bad price on. Obviously, if you can get plus that money to go for it, but I think 120, 125 is, is fair enough to, to jump in on at five and a half. He said, uh, UPL, can he deliver again for the fourth straight time? Uh, you know, they're trying to build with him. They want him to be the goaltender of the future, and they're giving him the opportunity to do it right now. Uh, you know, and Buffalo's in that kind of spot where with all the hype that was kind of surrounding them, saying that they can be a dark horse and a sleeper, the offense is great. You know, we knew the goaltending was going to be a question mark, and I think now they just kind of – they're free-rolling it a bit. If they start winning and they get right back in the playoff race, that's great. It's wonderful. If not – they still, you know, aren't going to stray from the course. They're not going to go make a bunch of moves to to be a contender right now. They're just going to, you know, ride the course, develop the, the talent they have. Like I said, they've been investing in Lucanen down in, in Rochester, which seems to be for years now. It seems like he's been at three, three and a half, four seasons almost. Uh, so giving him the shot at, at number one is a, is a good spot. I just don't really like laying uh, a price on the road, even with, uh, you know, the regulation spot. I, I feel more comfortable going with this over, but I'm going to look for it in game, uh, shooting for a five and a half, anything dollar twenty or better. Yeah, definitely. A good, always a good piece of advice too. If you don't like the price pregame, wait for a live opportunity for sure. And there's some good prop opportunities for me in this game here tonight. We know Tage Thompson. We know Skinner, Jeff Skinner. We know Alex Tuck. Uh, they're usually on the top line for the Buffalo Sabers and always a threat offensively. You can bet their props. I wouldn't say no. But I'm looking for the bargain bin. I'm looking for the value. And I'm looking for even shorter term current form. I look at a J.J. Paterka for Buffalo. Uh, he's gotten a point in four straight games, a point in six of the last seven games, goals in back-to-back -back games for the uh, Buffalo Sabres, a good prop option. I look at Jack Quinn, two goals against San Jose. Uh, he has scored five goals in the last six games, and he has two, three, four, five, seven points. Uh, in the last five game, six games as well for the uh, Sabres, Jack Quinn, a good option. And, of course, I have to factor in one of the three stars of the week 
uh, in the NHL last week for the Sabres. Dylan Cousins, who is really starting to rip roar and get his offense going, he has scored four goals in the last four games for the Sabres. And during this four-game span, he has nine points. That's right, nine points in the last four games for the uh, Buffalo Sabres, Dylan Cousins. So uh, there is absolutely great value in Paterka, Quinn, come on without, come on within. You not see nothing like the mighty Quinn. Yeah, Jack Quinn. Uh, he is uh, absolutely uh, getting it rolling. And, of course, Dylan Cousins uh, for the uh, Sabres. Uh, three great value-laden, in my opinion, player prop looks for the Sabres tonight. Uh, Will, what do you think here? Buffalo, Columbus. I 100% agree with those three player props. And and those three guys, they played down in Rochester together last year. So the chemistry is already there um, coming up to the show. Uh, I don't have an edge on either side um, in this game, though I am close to playing the over. Um, my odds make this game about minus 156 to plus 156 on each side. And when I saw the opening numbers last night, I was really excited to play the Sabres at minus you know, 135. And then I woke up this morning and it wasn't Problem there. is everybody else was excited about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I I normally give away my plays in the morning of day of, and it wasn't there anymore. So uh, I had to pass on it today. And um, I think I would be looking at an over here last 10 games. I have it projected at 7.87 goals. Um, that's has mostly to do with the Sabres. They have in my projections, the number one offense in the league, the past 10 games, which is insane. Um, but they also have a bottom five defense. So um, they're going to score and they're going to give them up. And Columbus is a team that's been surprisingly good at home um, and surprisingly good in the last 10 games. I think they beat Winnipeg. I don't have all their wins in my head, but um, they're, they can score some goals. So I'd be looking at an over here. I don't think the money line has any value um, in this game, but uh, I probably wait for the live over five and a half. Once no goals are scored at the uh, 13 minute mark with, you could really get creative with this SG because I love same game parlays and games that I think are going to be high scoring uh, like yeah. this one. You could really get creative. You could put in it. You could really do a big one too. You could do Thompson, you can, you know, who's obviously almost a shoe in to do something every single game for the Sabres, Paterka, Cousins, uh, Quinn. You could go Goudreau, who's got four multi-point games, I believe, in the last seven for the uh, Blue Jackets. Uh, so, you know, you've definitely got uh, a lot, lot of options here. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, looking at the uh, SGP options in this uh, Sabres and uh, Blue Jackets uh, game. As far as uh, Blue Jackets props, because I do think they're going to score uh, a few goals tonight as well. Goudreau, Jenner, Lyonnais, of course, the top line. I keep on talking about Johnson for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. I think he's very undervalued right now uh, on that second line for them. And there's someone that's just been called up as well, Kirill Marchenko you know, for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Made his NHL debut last night against Pittsburgh. This is someone that they feel is uh, potentially uh, going to be uh, an offensive dynamo for them. Second round pick in 2018. Uh, he had eight goals, uh, 19 points in 16 games down in the AHL with Cleveland uh, this season. Guy that's played in the KHL uh, as well previously. So maybe look at that, uh, Kirill Marchenko. And again, he was, didn't produce last night uh, against Pittsburgh, but may have more opportunity tonight against this Sabres team, who, again, have been a little leaking at the defensive end. So maybe a good prop look there with Marchenko for and, Columbus. And one quick thing, too, the reason why I like that live over so much is because, like I said, the scoring that we've seen with these two teams, it's coming the second and third period. Buffalo, 10 straight games where the second period over is cashed. 
uh, Columbus in that same range. Uh, they were eight and two in the last ten, and same thing in the third period. They're uh, two of the higher teams, Buffalo, eight and two to the third period over. So you know, like I said, you'll get some great value. You might be able to drop down and, like I said, definitely find a plus price if we don't see any scoring early. But somebody in the chat mentioned about six and a half laying a little bit less of a price in regulation. That's a terrible bet. And there's a reason I, we've never mentioned those team totals in regulations or full game totals within regulation because you're just better off waiting in game and getting a better adjusted price. Laying 30 cents less on the same number, it, it seems good in theory, but really you can just get a whole half a goal less uh, and, and give yourself a better option and also give a chance to watch the game and and, and get a feel for the pace uh, and tempo of the contest as well. So I don't really look for regulation totals just to kind of just make a footnote of that because somebody mentioned it. I like to I don't, go for the live games. So. I don't have the stats in front of me, but five and seven are the most common um, right. final scores. So so taking a six and a half um, in regulation is never a good bet just yeah. because so many games end through three. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a good point. I, I agree with that. I agree with everything Alex said, and uh, we'll backing it up as well. All right, Minnesota and Calgary. Uh, Calgary minus one fifty five home favorites, six the total uh, in this one. The uh, Flames uh, got a uh, pretty stern effort from Arizona. Uh, Arizona was down two nothing, battled back, tied it up. Calgary with a late power play goal. Good to see if you're a Calgary fan, Nazem Kadri, who's cooled off after a hot start for the uh, Flames, get that power play game winning goal. Uh, they beat Arizona 3-2. Back-to-back wins now for Calgary. Calgary's saying all the right things. We want to get on a winning streak. We want to get our, uh, you know, get on a roll here because a lot of times it's been win one, lose one, win a couple, and then you lose a couple more after that. That's been the tale uh, of the uh, tape, if you will, for the uh, Calgary Flames uh, in recent games. Uh, we will see if they can uh, keep it uh, going here uh, in this uh, game tonight against Minnesota. Minnesota's 1-4 and four in their last five meetings against Calgary, so uh, they've had their struggles with the uh, Flames in recent games. You know, I kind of lean Calgary in this one in regulation in particular, given their success uh, against Minnesota. They've won back-to-back home games as well uh, against the uh, Wild 2-1 to and 7-3. to um, But again, the price is minus 155. And, uh, you know, it seems like Calgary, their price point has been higher than their form has been uh, in recent games. So I think I'm going to pump the brakes on Calgary tonight, even though I've been looking to back them. I took their. I'd look plus. I'd probably look more toward the team total if I were to bet Calgary tonight rather than uh, the uh, money line or, or the regulation line. Calgary team total in this one is three and a half, and you can get close to even money or sometimes a plus price with that. I like the full game over uh, more than anything here uh, in this game. Really, I'm just going to be riding uh, the Minnesota Wild trending that way. They have gone now over the total in six straight games. The offense is heating up for Minnesota. The power play is rolling for Minnesota during this six-game overstreak. And by the way, they're five and one uh, in those six games as well. They have scored a power play goal in each game, which has been extremely impressive from the Minnesota Wild. The power play is going. Uh, they're clicking. Uh, they're they're finding uh, offense right now, both at even strength and with the man advantage, uh, which has definitely uh, been good to see. And we'll see if there is a carryover tonight against the uh, Calgary Flames, who have suddenly been riding Dan Vladar you know, more often uh, in recent games, knowing that Jacob Markstrom maybe needs a little break, you know, give him a, a chance maybe to re collect his bearings, if you will, and, and try to get back on the beam. 
Uh, no con confirmation yet who's in net for Calgary. Like I said, Vladar's been getting more opportunity lately. We'll see if uh, Daryl Sutter uh, is going back to uh, Markstrom tonight or if he sticks with uh, Dan Vladar here in this game. It's probably a good prop game, too, in addition to the over, where there's a few options that are interesting, uh, in my opinion. Calgary, I think Dubé, Mangiapane, and Coleman are three undervalued guy players where their chances are there. We saw Dubé score the last game. They expect more offense from him. They expected more offense from him coming into the season, and he struggled early on. He's starting to show signs of getting it going. Mangiapane, the same thing, and Coleman as well. You know, Coleman had a goal the other night. You could look in that uh, direction in terms of props for the uh, Calgary Flames. As far as uh, Zuccarello goes, Two goals in the last five games. More importantly, six points for Zuccarello in the last five games. He's really been lighting it up. You could throw a point prop in for Zuccarello in a SGP if you're going to build one uh, in this game. Certainly uh, a good option, in my opinion. Even uh, um, someone who's uh, moved up the uh, lineup might be able to strike while the iron's hot for the Minnesota Wild. And I love saying his name in the French accent, Nick Patin. Nick Patin for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, I definitely think he might get a greater opportunity as well to find the uh, back of the net here. It looks like he might be playing uh, on the second line with uh, Freddie Gaudreau and Matt Boldy tonight in this game. So a couple options there. Uh, Greenway, Eck, and Felino, Shaw, Dewar, and uh, Reeves, uh, the fourth line for the uh, Minnesota Wild. So that's the lineup there. Uh, like I say, some props that are worth a look. Kaprizov goes without saying. I know Terry in the chat saying Kaprizov anytime goal plus 150. It's just one of those prop bets. You know, do I even have to mention Kirill Kaprizov? Obviously, every night there's a threat for him to make a difference. He's gotten a goal in six straight games for the uh, Wild. Uh, and point-wise, it's just been ridiculous. Uh, three, six, eight, ten. 11, 12. How about 12 points in the last six games uh, from Kirill Kaprizov? So got if you're going to build something of the same game parlay, the SGP variety tonight, uh, Kaprizov's got to be something you throw in there, whether it's him to score a goal or whether it's him over one and a half points, something of that magnitude. Uh, for sure. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Minnesota, Calgary. Yeah, I like this over here at six, even though the, the history between these two teams has been the under eight, two and two last 12 meetings. And as Terry mentioned in the chat, Calgary has scored two or fewer goals in five of the last seven. Uh, but the Wild have been trending over. And I think the you know Wild and Flames, they kind of, you know, styles make fights. We've seen some high-scoring affairs of late. We saw 7-3 Calgary win last year. I think we could see some 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 fireworks back and forth. Marc-Andre Fleury, for as great as his numbers are against Calgary, 14-5-1. and one. Uh, They had a, a save percentage around 9-30. He's got five shutouts in his career. A lot of those were, you know, against uh, some bad Flames teams when he was a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Florida is still not in, in, in great form. And, and this wild, this four-game win streak, this is probably arguably one of the worst four-game winning streaks I think I've ever seen. You know, they struggled against Arizona at home. They did beat Edmonton. That's the best win. Uh, you know, the, the back and forth that they had in, in those last seasons, especially against Dallas. I mean, that game was just absolutely insane. Uh, come back and win 6-5 to shoot out, 5-4 to shoot out against Anaheim. You're not supposed to have these kind of battles if you're going to be a, a top-tier team in, in the Central Division or the Western Conference. Uh, they're getting the points that they need. It looks good on paper, but when you dive deep into these last four contests, the Wild have not been in great form. So I'm staying away from a side from them for quite a while. Uh, might be worth taking a shot with the with the, the draw because we've seen that in back-to-back -back games, but at this, uh, you know, land a dollar twenty for over six. I like this over the cash, and I think we see goals both ways, especially Vidar going in net. He has not been nearly uh, as sharp as he was heading into the season. 
Yeah. He's a weird goalie. I thought actually in the Arizona game he was good. He's had some great moments, and to be honest, he hasn't been all that much worse or better than Markstrom, given what we've seen out of Markstrom. But still, game-to-game consistency, we're still not sure. You know, it'll be there for Vladar long-term. That's always what you worry about. Plus, for someone that's been pretty much a backup goalie so far in his career, and that's why they're backup. Sometimes they can't go three, four, five strong games in a row uh, put them together uh, in between the pipes. Will, uh, what do you like in here? Wild and Flames. Yeah, so last 10 games using the home road splits for this team, so Wild on the road and Calgary at home, um, it puts the Wild at about a 55% chance to win the game using my model while projecting only 4.4 goals. Um, those numbers are raw, but it leads my model to project about 5.3 goals and plus 110, minus 110 on each side. With the Wild at plus 130, that's about a 4% edge and a play for me. Um Flurry and versus Vladar makes me like it more. And I will say the Wild are a confusing team. There's no statistics that are um, clear and obvious as to why this is happening, but they're averaging over six goals per game at home and under five goals per game on the road. There's no statistic really to explain it besides save percentage and shooting percentage, which should regress to the mean, but it's just not happening so far. So uh, I'm on the wild money line, but I do understand if people are hesitant because this team is just so confusing. Um, Now, as for Calgary, I I just don't have them as a great offensively rated team. They're not putting the puck in the back of the net and they're not putting the puck in the back of the get in the pack back of the net against mediocre teams, which to me is even scarier. So tonight uh, I'm on the wild plus 130. It's a, And it's fascinating because you're absolutely right about that point. Calgary has had trouble finding the back of the net, even against some weaker competition. And yet at the same time, they're facing above average competition here. Makes you think they're going to struggle here to find the back of the net. Yet at the same time, here's Minnesota all of a sudden giving up some goals here, which has been part of the, part of the reason why they've gone over in six straight games. So you could really, really look at it both ways. Give yourself a headache actually thinking about it, but... Uh, definitely. And uh, uh, to me, I've been on a few of these overs with Minnesota, and that's just a staple of mine of handicapping this sport and any sport for years. You ride streaks, you ride total streaks, team total streaks, you ride team win loss streaks. And we're kind of doing that here with Minnesota six, six straight overs. Uh, we're going to see if we can go back to that. Well, just keep in mind, too, they they blew a five one lead on Sunday. Uh, against the uh, Dallas Stars. So we know they've been a little shaky now all of a sudden at that back end. We'll see if Calgary and that, you know, hit or miss offense can maybe take advantage of that uh, here tonight. All right, Boston, Colorado. Uh, Again, these teams just played uh, Saturday night uh, in Boston. And now the return match here in Denver. We've got the uh, Boston Bruins minus 180. Road favorites here in Denver. Six the total in this game. And it's just the first thing that you have to mention is we'll get to the injuries. And that's obviously why the line is where it is. I mean, it's a really suddenly alarming, lengthy injury report uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. In fact, we will start there. It is. It's 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 ugly. Uh, I mean, they've already been without for a while. Uh, Landeskog and Big Val Nachushkin. We know they've been out for a while and yet they've still managed to carry on pretty well without those guys. But now you're talking about, you know, Bull Byram's been out for a while. Rodriguez has missed some time now. Darren Helm as well, been out for a while. But now you're talking about um, Lackanen, day-to-day. You're talking about Josh Manson, who was a big loss on that back end 
Uh, he is on IR. And of course, we saw what happened against the uh, Flyers the other night. Nathan McKinnon uh, left the game, didn't return, and now he is going to be out uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche, and he is going to miss time. We're talking about at least a month, uh, approximately four weeks here with that upper body injury that he sustained against the Philadelphia Flyers on uh, Monday night. So his absence means we're going to see some lineup shuffling. It means there's going to be a lot asked of Miko Rantanen uh, in particular, who now is the only player left from that top line of Landeskog, McKinnon, and Rantanen, who are always play together. It's for the most part they do uh, when they're fully healthy. So there's going to be some line juggling now from uh, Jared Bednar. And as the last uh, update we've got in terms of the line combinations for tonight, it looks like Rantanen's going to shift to center uh, that top line. He's done some center ice work before. Uh, they're going to ask him to do that once again tonight centering the top line with Alex Newhook and Charles Houdon, uh, it looks like is going to be uh, moved up to the uh, top line for the uh, Avalanche. Uh, this is a guy that I believe was just called up from the minor leagues, from the AHL, just before the Philly game. He didn't he didn't produce anything offensively that night, but he had seven shots on goal. And I think Jared Bednar sees, you know what? This guy had his opportunities. He had the puck on his stick. He was doing a lot of good things. Puck didn't go in, but he's doing a lot of good things to put himself in position to score. Let's give him that top-line opportunity tonight. So it'll be Charles Houdon uh, with uh, Ranton and centering that top line, uh, along with, uh, of course, on the other side, Alex Newhook, who, by the way, was a goal prop of mine in that game against Philadelphia. And we'll be back to that well uh, once again tonight. Uh, Alex Newhook for the uh, Avalanche. No question. I'm interested in his goal score prop once again. Second line is going to be Cogliano with Comfort and O'Connor. Not much change there. That's been the second line for a few games now. Uh, they're going to keep that line intact. Comfort stepped up his offensive game. Logan O'Connor's been pretty good lately. Those aren't bad options as well, but the bottom six is where the qu questions are going to be. Dryden Hunt, Ben Myers, Martin Cout. Ben Myers was a very good college player. I believe at Denver, if I'm not mistaken, the pioneers. And they think this guy's got some offensive upside, but is he ready to fill in third line role recalled? We'll see about that. Uh, he's played only three NHL games this year. He did score uh, against Minnesota in the most recent NHL game he played for the uh, avalanche. So we need offense from him again. This is a thinner, much thinner forward group now with all the injuries. So can Ben Meyer step up on that third line? Can Martin Kout step up? Can Dryden Hunt step up? Anton bleed, Callahan Burke, Callahan, hey, Callahan Auto Parts, Callahan Burke centering the uh, fourth line, Sampo Ranta uh, in the uh, fourth line. So all of a sudden, you're talking about your depth at forward. Who's going to step up? You know, are these guys going to be able to fill that void left by all the injuries? That the, I, I don't mind the top six. I think they can get by, but there's a big uh, concern about what are you going to get from that third line? What are you going to get? from that fourth line for Colorado. The blue line, uh, Gerard, McCarr, Taves, Johnson, McDonald, and England are the guys that are f stepping up and filling the void left by McDermott, Manson, and Byram uh, being on IR. So there's no doubt. This is a injury-ravaged team. We think they've got the blue line depth to survive it. The forward depth is really being challenged now because they don't quite have as much depth there as they do on the blue line. So it's fascinating to see how this goes. All that being said, and look, Boston's coming off their home win streak being snapped at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights on Monday night in that shootout loss. You got a Boston team looking to bounce back, obviously. Or is it maybe a hangover? Because that's the big Bruce Cassidy Bowl. You know, and everybody put a lot, a lot of emotion, a lot of intensity, 
you know, lots going through your head when you play a game like that. You're on the losing end. You have the home win streak snapped in the process, and now you got to go on the road and face Colorado after this. It's not like it's a slam dunk bet on spot for Boston, you know, either going into this game. And you compare just what we saw, the price of the Boston-Colorado money line Saturday night, where it was in that 5-1 Boston win. Boston was laying minus 170 to minus 175 in that game at home against Colorado. We turn around now a few days later on Wednesday, albeit tons of injuries for Colorado. Boston's laying a steeper price on the road tonight in Colorado than they did Saturday night. I'm I'm doing it. I'm jumping in with a small, nothing significant, but a small play on the home dog here. Colorado plus 160. This, to me, is just one of those spots where, look, it's been rough sledding. We see them lose to Philly. We see them get bombed by the Bruins. It is a banged-up team. But first game without McKinnon, how many times do we see this in the NHL and the NBA? Star player out. Everybody pulls up the bootstraps. You find a way to overcome it. I'm seeing the Leafs overcome four defensemen being out, three important defensemen being out and winning hockey games. So for one night, can't Colorado do that? maybe in this spot, even though they're very shorthanded up front, missing some key defensemen on the back end. This is more of just a price that's really, really, really been adjusted to the point of over-adjustment, yeah, in my opinion here, for uh, the Boston Bruins. So, yeah, pizza money, you know, if you will. Uh, lunch money uh, on the Colorado Avalanche for me here, plus 160. Uh, what do you think here, Alex, Bruins and Avalanche? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the, the I think the line is set actually kind of right where it should be. Even with the injuries, you could probably, you know, maybe knock it down a little bit. But, you know, obviously the home ice advantage for Colorado is significant, you know, in altitude. It's always a great crowd. Uh, but the injuries, I mean, they've really taken their toll right now. And like I said, uh, Boston with the form that they're playing at, of course, you know, like I said, the home streak. And the way it got snapped, it have been one thing if they got blown out at home. It's a close game, goes into overtime, goes into a shootout, a, long, a lengthy shootout, and you only have one goal going in. So I think they're going to kind of be, you know, a bit focused to say, hey, like, let's put that behind us now. You know, we did lose at home. We don't have to keep hearing the quotes about, you know, the, the long streak or whatever. And to bounce back against the Colorado team, like I said, you know, somebody kind of criticized us, you know, when we talked about this matchup uh, in Boston saying that, you know, we kind of referenced that, well, you know, the, the defending Stanley Cup champions are in town. Yeah, that's not the end-all be-all for a handicap, but that is definitely uh, a poignant thing that is said in locker rooms often. You know, hey, you know, we want to be where these guys were at last year. Like every, you know, 31 teams say that every year uh, about an opponent. And so that team always has a target on the back. The team that hoists the cup that pre previous year will always have a target on the back. And now that they're kind of weakened deer on the side of the road, uh, I think Boston can take advantage of, of the spot. I like them first period puck line, land a half a goal. I got plus 150 at bet online uh, earlier today. I think that's a great number and a great spot. I think they should at least come out hot in the first period. Now, if they kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit and let this Colorado team that's kind of like said it's a bit of, bit of a ragtag bunch get back into the fight, especially with their blue line, that's still the strength that they have. And the goaltending has been, been solid as well. Uh, then, you know, you're off of it. But, you know, we can't look at 180 or even laying 120 in regulation here. I would just stick to the first period, and then maybe you see things adjust, and you can uh, bet accordingly live. Yeah, I'm fascinated. I get the sense we don't have a goalie confirmation for Colorado yet. We know it's Linus Allmark uh, for Boston. For Colorado, I get the sense it's Francois tonight. I just get that uh, uh, just get that feel because uh, although Georgiev did not play uh, against Boston in the five one meeting, it was Francois that night, but. 
at the same time, Georgiev's given up uh, 13 goals in his last three starts. So he's kind of fallen back a little bit here the last three games. So it's actually tough now that, that now that when you consider that it was actually Francois against Boston, didn't get the win. Maybe you do go to Georgiev again here tonight. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, no confirmation yet who's in net for Colorado, which doesn't impact my decision to go ahead with them at plus 160. Like I said, it'll be a smaller play, but I just think uh, as plus the losing to Boston 5-1 the other night, I still think with this patchwork lineup, you're going to get a hell of an effort here from Colorado on home ice tonight. What do you think here, Will? Bruins, Avs. Yeah, so I uh, divvy it up by last 10 games with the split of the game that's happening. So Boston on the road and Colorado at home. And then I also do last 10 games overall. Um, so using last 10 games in this game situation, it's Bruins 52.5% chance of winning, which is what uh, FanDuel opened up with, with the minus 120 the other day. Um, and then the books corrected for McKinnon's injury. And I just don't really have a great read on this game. I would still show some value on Boston um, at this price, but that also is counting, you know, my statistics are counting a five to one win over this exact team. So I need to think about that when I'm making plays. And I just don't think I have a good read on this game. Um, if Colorado was getting close to 200, I would definitely be leaning towards them for all the reasons that Ian has said. Um, but I, I just think this is a nice stay away game. Let the, let the new lineup come in and play. I might be on a Houdon anytime goal scorer prop. I do like to pair those with the line mates they're playing with, you know, Houdon to score, Ranton and assist, but it didn't have much value today. And I think plus 460 is still insane value for a first liner in the NHL. Yeah, it is. That is absolutely. And like I say, there's the, the good news about this team being depleted is it's going to open up tons of value in the prop market on the uh, Colorado Avalanche. And like I said, we're going to try to capitalize. You could go much different ways here, especially who don't. And New Hook now is going to be a focal offensive. He's going to be a focal offensive difference maker now for the Avs. And we already saw him step up with a goal the other night against Philadelphia, asking even more of him now with McKinnon out. In addition to already being without Landeskog and being without Rodriguez and being without several key forwards, so Lackanen as well. So uh, definitely more opportunity for uh, uh, Houdon and obviously for Newhook. All right, next up, we've got Arizona and Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton minus 300 home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. This feels like a, doesn't this feel like, not, not that Arizona is going to you know throw the game or anything or mail it in but doesn't this feel like this would be one hell of a spot to stay away from Edmund from Arizona rather I mean they've had this very very long just insanely long time on the road I mean a month if not longer now by the time this damn thing wraps up and it wraps up finally mercifully it wraps up tonight for the Arizona Coyotes they finally get to have a home game at Mullet Arena Friday night against the Boston Bruins they can't wait I'm sure to get back home after this they have not played uh, a home game, the Arizona Coyotes, uh, since November the 3rd uh, against the uh, Dallas Stars. So you're talking over a month that they've had this team playing nothing but road games. Now, as Alex mentioned earlier, they did have that little stopover right after the Minnesota game back home briefly, and then they continued the latter part of this extensive road trip. But you can't help but think they're just excited as fuck to get home you know, after this game uh, against Edmonton. So what will you get here from the uh, Coyotes uh, is going to be the uh, question mark here. As far as the goaltending matchup, uh, Skinner, once again in net here for the uh, Edmonton Oilers tonight. Uh, 
riding the guy, the, the, the goaltender that's obviously been better so far this season for them. He's been better than Jack Campbell. They're giving Jack time to process what's going on. Uh, you know, maybe just look at things from an outside perspective. Maybe that's going to fix what's wrong uh, and allow him to be better moving forward. But Jay Woodcroft is saying, hey, he's been our better goalie so far. We're going to keep starting him. And that's Stuart Skinner for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. For the Arizona Coyotes in this game, we don't have a confirmed goaltender. Vamelka started three straight for this team. He started five of the last six games on this road trip. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Connor Ingram. Just a gut feel. I wouldn't be shocked uh, if it's a Connor Ingram. Give this guy some rest. Have him ready to go for the home opener. Not the home opener, but the ret- it feels like the home opener because they haven't been home forever. Uh, get Vamelka get, uh, rested so he can start back home against Boston uh, on Friday night. So, again, we don't have confirmation. I don't know this to be fact uh, as of right now, but personally it would not surprise me in the least if tonight the goaltender is Connor Ingram in net for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, and if that is the case, um, with all due respect to uh, Connor Ingram, uh, he hasn't been as good as Vamelka uh, not, uh, this season, and we don't expect him to be uh, either. Vamelka, again, even in the loss against Calgary, you know, continues to be s- steady uh, more often than not. For Ingram, not so much. One in five, 4.02 goals against 882 uh, save percentage for him uh, this season. So I haven't bet anything yet, but I've got my eye on an Oilers puck line here. Definitely eyeing that. You've got Edmonton off a loss to Washington. Jay Woodcroft criticizing their puck management, criticizing the breakdowns defensively, which led to Washington's goals in that game, and the fact they gave up over 50 shots to Washington. That did not make the coach very well. Connor McDavid addressed those issues as well uh, late in the season, or after the game, I should say, the other night in that loss to the Capitals. So I'd expect better from the Oilers. And when teams are focused to beat Arizona, especially an Arizona team that's just jet-lagged, road-weary, end of this ridiculously long, over a month on the road, looking to get back home, this could be an Oilers go-for-the-kill spot uh, here tonight. So definitely got my eyes and got the uh, uh, got it circled to look to the Oilers' puck line here, just waiting to see who's in net for Arizona tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Coyotes, Oilers. Yeah, like I said, I'm sure Arizona's got to be excited to be getting back to home. Uh, at some point, this has been a a brutal road trip, and it's reflected it obviously in the standings. And this is, you know, now you're playing an Edmonton team. Like I said, they can be focused in and can pretty much name their score in the spot, especially if it is Ingram. But we have seen them kind of play a little slow uh, starting off in games. As Chris Otto mentioned in the chat, they've been trending to the first period under, which means this is a great game to look for a, a live over uh, at an adjusted price. I think we might be even be able to get five and a half and plus money uh, in this spot. If that's the case, then I'll definitely. Uh, take that. I think we could see the game kind of open up. Edmonton gets a two-goal lead. They can kind of keep their foot on the gas against the Colorado team or Arizona team. Sorry. That could just say, you know what? Hey, let's just pack it in and get ready for the home game against a good team in, in Boston on Friday, which is also a game I have circled. I've mentioned this for quite some time with the end of that road trip. Boston, especially now as hot as they are, catching Arizona in that first uh, game back from a home trip. Even if you split it up, or even if you just say, okay, fine, it was a four-game trip because they were back home for a couple of days. But when you look at just how they've played and, and how long they've been out of Arizona playing a, a hockey game over a month, uh, I think that might be a chance to really chime in and, and find some good value on a first period and full game over. But we'll talk more about that, of course, in the next 48 hours. But as for tonight, I'm looking for a live over. I want five and a half, anything at even money or better uh, with Arizona Edmonton. 
All right, there we go. Looking at some live opportunities here, Alex, uh, in this one. As far as the uh, – uh, this would probably be a decent SGP game for me in terms of the uh, Oilers in particular. I think it could be one of those you load up on the top line tonight. And Zach Hyman is returning from a one-game absence tonight for the Edmonton Oilers as well and will play on that top line for the uh, Oilers tonight. And uh, it's a load-up night for Jay Woodcroft. And we saw – Dave Tippett do this when he coached the Oilers. You know, if we need a little bit more offense going into a particular game. We're not going to be scared of pairing Dreisaitl and McDavid together uh, on the same line. Uh, we'll load it up, and uh, that's what it looks like he is going to be doing tonight. Jay Woodcroft, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Hyman uh, expected to be the uh, top line for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. And you could put together uh, SGP right now for this game, McDavid, over one and a half points, Dreisaitl uh, over one and a half points, and Zach Hyman to register one point, and that pays about plus two hundred uh, for this game here. So, and I, I think those are good looks here tonight. You got a tired Arizona team. You might have Connor Ingram in net. The floodgates could open here a little bit for the Oilers, loading up that top line the way they are. Uh, that's not a bad look in my opinion. And keep in mind, McDavid and Dreisaitl prior to the Washington loss. This is a Two guys that had multi-point games, I believe, in consecutive games. I think it was a four-game multi-point streak for McDavid and a six-game multi-point streak for Dreisaitl. Uh, but both of them were on over one and a half points multiple games until they both you know, got held down against Washington. Tonight's the night probably to look back at that. And then you throw in a little Hyman to score a point uh, as well. Put it in an SGP plus 200. I think that's not a bad option here in the game tonight. Will, how about you, Arizona Edmonton? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to get mad at the league, but they clearly just don't care about ruining a team's playoff chances. I, I know Arizona's chances were slim, but it, it was gone once this road trip was scheduled. Um, and that's just unfair to do to a team. Uh, Arizona is breaking my heart this year, especially on this road trip. Uh, last seven, I wrote it down. 4-3 loss to the Preds, 4-3 to Detroit, 4-3 to Minnesota, 5-3 to LA, leading 3-1. 3-2 loss to the Canucks, 2-1 lead, and 3-2 loss to the Flames. I showed value in all of these games, um, including the one where they beat the Hurricanes, luckily. Um, and I show 5% value tonight. Um, I do want to remind you that that only means that I have them at a 33% chance to win. Um, so it's still 17% chance, less than 50. But it's a 5% edge, and I'll take the Coyotes plus 250 or better. I like it even more when Kirill is confirmed, obviously. Um, I'm a big believer in how good Kirill is playing. I know... He is performing above expectation, but when you watch these games, he is in full control of his body as he moves through the crease, sprawling and making insane saves. He, he knows what he's doing at every point in the game, and that is key when you're just hemmed in your zone facing 40 shots a night, and he impresses the hell out of me. I really hope that they turn into a winning team at some point so he can get his due for how talented he is, but uh, yeah, I'm on the Coyotes' money line tonight. I also want to mention I'm really fading the Oilers this year. Um, I really think they're a one, one-and-a-half line team. Um, positive expected goals percentage, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Evander Kane, who's not in, Zach Hyman, Tyson Berry, and Evan Bouchard. Those are all first-liners, Dreisaitl, and the two first-line defensemen. This team is just not deep, and to me, you're not going to win games long-term that way. Um, so I'm on Coyote's money line tonight, and I do know the risk. 
There you go. Of course. <laughs> but, hey, I, I, look, I've been a proponent of taking Arizona multiple times this year uh, in the underdog spot. Uh, and I applaud your guts to do it tonight because I agree. I mean, if you're going to bet the money line, you probably have to take Arizona if you had to. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to bet Edmonton, you got to get creative like I am with puck line or some props like I'm going to do tonight. But yeah, minus 290. I want no fucking part of that, obviously. <laughs> that kind of money line price, uh, even with this being a tricky spot. But I, that's why I applaud your guts taking Arizona tonight, Will, because this is, in theory, a brutal spot. I mean, this is the end of this brutally long, month-long sojourn on the road, and the excitement to finally get back to the desert has got to be palpable uh, here yeah. for the Coyotes going into Friday night. One other thing I will say, as somebody who has been fading the Oilers a lot this last month, if you're going to take the plus-money team against the Oilers, I would suggest also taking the over power play goals if your book allows it because when the Oilers are down they come back and they win through the power play they don't do it five on five and I think those two bets matched together can be a hedge and profitable if Arizona can win it in OT that's a good look that's a good look and that makes a lot of sense like you said and that that's the thing and Arizona is the kind of team where if you've seen over the last couple of years where they've jumped out to leads and they've blown those leads against Colorado's and Edmonton's those are teams that are built around their power play. So I think that's a, that's a, a very good look. And that's a something to kind of keep an eye on when, like I said, not only backing Edmonton in a spot like this, but even with Arizona, Arizona is that kind of team that when they do kind of bury themselves and get into trouble, it's because they're, uh, you know, taking a, a lot of penalties, but I got to say you being very kind, Will, of, of, of uh, getting, giving Arizona credit saying that there was a slim chance of them even getting into the playoffs at the beginning of the year. I don't really think there was much of a, of, of uh, I don't think anybody really gave them a chance to even be kind of close to 500 this season. So that's uh, the kindest words you, that anybody said about the Arizona Coyotes on this program this season. For sure. They work hard. I give them that. They, there's no I like the heart, yeah. yeah. The work ethic is there on for this it team. Is. If you actually it watch is. them play, they, they, they play pretty hard. They just can't overcome the talent gap. You know, on a lot of nights, that's uh, that's the difference in the end. All right, we've got two games left. New York Rangers, Vegas Golden Knights. This is the second of the TNT doubleheader tonight on this Wednesday night. we got Vegas minus 135 home favorites, six the total in this game. The good news is we've got lots of Vegas people that I follow on Twitter. So Golden Knights are always one of those teams. We've got a pretty good idea of what's going on in terms of morning skate, injuries, all that. Looks like no Jack Eichel again tonight. He wasn't on the morning skate, didn't play against Boston. Overcame it, though, and handed the Bruins their first home loss with the shootout win the other night. But no Jack Eichel. He'll miss a second straight game. Alex Petrangelo is still with the personal matter that he's dealing with. He's out. And Brett Howden as well still out. None of them were in the morning skate today. So uh, Vegas shorthanded. And look, this is not a Vegas spot. If you're wondering why is the money coming in on this New York Rangers team that has had all sorts of difficulty in the last week or two, um, it's the spot for Vegas. They're home off a road trip. They're home off an ultra-satisfying victory you know win one for the gipper style for bruce cassidy the other night against the uh, boston bruins ending their home win streak this definitely has flat spot kind of written all over it potentially for vegas i'm not saying for sure that's going to be the case but potentially in theory this may not be the spot where you get the a game for the vegas golden knights meanwhile there's the new york rangers who not pretty against st louis down in the third period four three but they found a way to win a desperately needed win get a desperately needed win six to four snapping a two game losing streak, snapping a one and five slide uh, in the six games prior to that win against St. Louis. Uh, the offense came to life with six goals much needed because as much as the defensive play has been all over the map and as much as Igor Shesterkin hasn't been able to play at the level he did last year 
game in and game out. Uh, it was a uh, much uh, better performance from the offensive side of it for the uh, New York Rangers. We'll see if they can carry that over here in this game. Looks like for them the only injury of significance. They are a relatively healthy bunch, actually, right now, the uh, New York Rangers. The only concern is Philip Heedle and his status. He didn't play against the Blues and might miss this game tonight uh, as well against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Other than that, though, fully healthy. It's just Sturkin and Thompson, uh, the goaltending matchup. Uh, I had bet the New York Rangers earlier uh, in the morning, uh, and it was plus 130 at the time. And look at the move we've seen since then. I mean, pretty much plus 115 is about as good as you can get right now. And only a couple of books have that. And a lot of other books have moved as low to, as plus 110 right now on the uh, New York Rangers. So I hate that 20-cent loss of value, but I still would look toward the Rangers in this spot. I'm, just, I'm, I'm on the plus 130, down to plus 110. Again, you've lost some value. You've lost some price uh, here, but uh, certainly still uh, may look to the uh, Rangers here, even at plus 110, plus 115. Got to lean that way. I've already got it in pocket at a better price. I just don't know if Vegas is in that optimal spot tonight uh, in this one. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Rangers, Golden Knights. It's a pass for me. I, I mean, I watch it because it's a TNT game. I'll probably have something live and uh, just kind of adjust from there. But as far as pregame goes, I just I don't, the Rangers are in bad form, and I haven't done well backing them. Uh, going back into really the end of last season, it seemed like every time I was on the Rangers, they lost in Vegas. He said it's a, it's a tough spot for them. No Petrangelo, no Eichel again. Uh, and this should just be kind of a dogfight. Maybe even look toward the toward overtime. I could see a draw potentially here, but I'm, I'm not going to play anything officially now. I, this will be all in game and I'll just post on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it might be uh, uh, not, a, not a bad option to uh, stay away. Lafreniere, he's up to the top line. He finally scored and had a two-point game after being uh, without a goal, with only one goal, I should say, in I would say probably talking about maybe 15 or so games with him stuck on one goal. And he finally got a goal and an assist the other night against uh, St. Louis. Maybe you get, take Lafreniere, get on a roll, get playing to the level and producing to the level of you know, the, the draft status that you got when the Rangers took you. Uh, Lafreniere playing with Zabanajad and Kako on the top line. Kako might be worth a look, too. They're shaking up the lines a little bit. Panarin, Goudreau on the second line. They've dropped VC down to the third line, it looks like. And they've dropped Kreider there with uh, Trocek as well. So very interesting that Kreider has moved his way down the lineup. So it's really been a massive shakeup in the line combos for Gerard Gallant. What do you think here, Will? Yeah, I'm actually, I was waiting to play the Rangers. I was hoping for a plus 130 again. So I just rushed to get in at plus 118 on Camby. I, I almost had to kind of sit back and let it go. But uh, I was waiting on the Vegas Golden Knights injury news and I missed it. So definitely with Eichel and Petrangelo most likely out, I, I'm on the Rangers plus 125. Um, this game should be closer to a pick em in my eyes. Uh, I Let me pull it up right here. Yeah, I have the Rangers winning about 55% of the time raw. And when you, if Igor can regress any it with to the mean at all, I think that the Rangers are going to be a buy team here in the next few months. I just, I, I know they don't look right, but the numbers also don't look right. And um, they outplayed New Jersey the other night and we're on the short end of the stick five, three uh, I, and they're getting outplayed and they're losing. I, I just think that this team is better than they're showing and the performances they're putting out. And I'm on the Rangers tonight at plus 120 now or plus 118. Um, I would probably play to about plus 110, um, and I wouldn't go lower than that. All right, good stuff uh, there. Uh, liking the uh, Rangers here 
uh, is Will in this one. Uh, and one prop I do like on Vegas, even though, again, I did bet the uh, Rangers money line earlier today at a better price. I do like one prop in particular. Like, obviously, it goes without saying Riley Smith. We've mentioned Nick Watt at times. We've mentioned Will Carrier at times that have been some forwards that have stepped up. Uh, and someone else is going to have to step up here without um, Jack Eichel in the lineup. But someone to really target here, plus 400 in a lot of spots. Paul Cotter for the Vegas Golden Knights moved up to the top line tonight, it looks like. Uh, for this one, playing with uh, Stevenson and Stone. Actually, I believe he was on that top unit the other night as well uh, against the uh, Boston Bruins. He had two goals in that spot uh, against the uh, Bruins. He's had multiple shots on goal in three of the last five games, taking advantage of the opportunity. Paul Cotter, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, I definitely think undervalued. Plus 400, and he's on the top line. I'm not going to pass up those prop opportunities uh, when I see them. Uh, so definitely a good value look there. All right, last game, Va Vancouver, San Jose, Canucks minus 120, a road favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this one. You've got the uh, Vancouver Canucks, and here's San Jose, long road trip, back home now. Talked about this angle uh, over the years. It's not been pretty for uh, San Jose when they've been in this situation, and uh, not a very good road trip. Uh, they mystified all of us on the live betcast when they shut out the uh, Montreal Canadiens for nothing uh, that night, where the fuck did that come from? Shutting out Montreal. We were all stunned by that. Like Montreal couldn't even get a goal at home against this San Jose team. And then that was all she wrote on the road trip for San Jose. Pretty uh, grim. Uh, after that, they lose three, one to Toronto, five, two to Ottawa, six, three to Buffalo. The last three games of that road trip. Now they're coming back home. Uh, first game home off that road trip. That's a long-term bet against spot. That's been very profitable. Uh, over the years, hell, not over the years, over the decade, over the last decade, uh, fading the Sharks off a long road trip. I like Vancouver here, minus 120, and I like the over because, again, we've got a Canucks team that either they score a bunch of goals or their opponent does, and, and that's what we consistently see uh, between uh, with both of these teams. Either they're scoring goals or they're giving up goals. But someone's scoring in, a, in most Canucks games. Someone is scoring in most Sharks games uh, of late. And I think we're going to see goals once again tonight. Kockinen confirmed in net for the uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, we don't know who's in net for the uh, Vancouver Canucks tonight, but it is worth noting. Uh, Spencer Martin has been a little more hit or miss lately. Uh, he was in net uh, the other night, got pulled. And Colin Delia, someone that uh, Alex B. Smith knows very well from the Chicago days, uh, he had to finish that game for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. But either way, I mean, Martin is starting to, you know, I don't know whether it's wear and tear, playing more games, opposing teams, seeing more video and scouting the tendencies of a goaltender, but he's not necessarily playing as well, Spencer Martin, as he did earlier in the season. So something to keep in mind, but you're seeing his numbers start to balloon a little bit uh, in the wrong direction. Uh, he's given up four goals now uh, in uh, three uh, of the last six starts. So something to keep in mind for the uh, Canucks moving forward. Can Martin maintain it? And Martin's numbers, even though he's got a 7-2 and win-loss record, 3.37 goals against, 892 save percentage uh, for him. Kockinen, other than that shutout against Montreal, and I still can't believe he got that, uh, he's still someone that I do not do not trust. He got lit up by odds. See, that's Kockinen, perfect example of him. He shuts out Montreal, he gives up five to the Ottawa Senators uh, in his next start after that. So I like over six and a half. 
and I'm going to go with Vancouver here, minus 120. Alex, a Canucks and Shark. Yeah, you can't spell Kakanen without Kaka, right? And that's kind of what he's been playing like for the most part. Uh, like I said, the biggest disappointment probably of, of all the goalies in, in, in my book so far this year. And um, Spencer Martin, you know, I kind of, you know, forewarned everybody, yes, he's playing well, but – this isn't a guy that you can just throw right into the fire as the number one goalie. Of course, injuries occur, and, and that's where he's in the spot. But you you know might see him, like I said, not so much wear and tear, but just you know not just used to the the grind of being the everyday starter. And, and Colin Delia, like I said, his he was just horrendous in Chicago. He was bad in the AHL. He's definitely not a, a guy who uh, you know even in, in a backup role uh, is going to relish well. So high scoring affair for sure. I love this first period over. I grabbed over two plus 115. Uh, if you've seen the 160s and 170s, because this has dropped a little bit, I'd say wait and grab something in-game. Same thing with the live full total. Uh, don't grab 6.5, wait for a 5.5 to get this, but you might have to play it quicker than later. Don't wait for a plus price because we could see some goals early here. I really like this first period over tonight. All right, really liking the over early in the game. Canucks and Sharks first period over for uh, Alex. And I do want to throw out a couple. This is another game where SGPs and just goal score and player props in general – uh, could be worth a look. Mikheyev, um for the Canucks is starting to heat up. Always Kuzmenko is worth a look because he's been pretty good all year. But Bo Horvat, I mean, Bo Horvat, though, is no value to score, but he scores every night. I mean, it's just been ridiculous for the uh, Vancouver Canucks this year. The captain has played like one. 20 goals already. It's December 7th. The guy has 20 goals already for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Unbelievable. Uh, he has scored three in the last uh, two games. He had actually a, a rare three-game goalless drought. Uh, Snapped uh, the last two games, though. He scored three uh, in the last two games. Uh, Besser was going through some uh, struggles, uh, but suddenly, you know, he scored against Arizona, got a point as well against Montreal. So maybe signs that he's starting to come out of his funk a little bit. And on the San Jose side, Kevin LeBanc, Barabanov, players I'd consider for props uh, in terms of their value. Uh, obviously, Meyer and Hurdle and Couture are more of the guys counted upon, but LeBanc and Barabanov, uh, seem to be the undervalued commodities uh, right now for the uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, what do you think here, Will? Final game on the card, Canucks-Sharks. Yeah, I, I like to compare the Canucks right now to the Sabres in, in last 10 games about top five offense, but at the same time, a, a bottom five defense. And that leads to what you guys are talking about, just a bunch of goals. Um, last 10 games, I have this projected about nine goals. So I would definitely you know find a way to either play an SGP, SGP maybe parlay a goal score with an assist um, or even just go with some alt totals. I know they don't have great value, but some of these games are, are getting over seven and a half over eight and a half a little too easily um, for plus 300 and plus 500. So um, that's what I would look at in terms of the total on a side. I'm definitely riding the Canucks money line tonight. I think minus 115 is just a little light for how this offense is playing. I understand the defense is not playing well, but when this offense gets going, it is scary. And with a goalie like Kakinen in there tonight, I, I just think Vancouver is going to put up five or six. I might even go a little degenerate and throw some doubles in with, you know, Pedersen and Horvat to score, Pedersen and Besser to score, Horvat and Besser. I, I just think this, a lot of goals tonight um, in this one. All right, a lot of goals and a lot of them from Vancouver, says Will, uh, when it comes to the uh, Canucks and the uh, Sharks tonight. Uh, the uh, nightcap of this Wednesday uh, slate. All right, uh, great stuff. That is the uh, Wednesday card. We thank uh, everybody for joining us live on YouTube. Hit the like button. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. 
just $10 a month. Uh, our daily Ice Guys betting card is there, uh, power ratings, uh, goalie charts, totals charts, and more. Bonus content, plenty more, especially in the new year when things will finally slow down a little bit. So uh, patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Uh, Alex, I believe, are we almost out of time with the free shipping for Christmas? No. Yeah, we had. The free shipping has ended over at the Ice Guys store over at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. You can get standard shipping, and standard shipping is free for all uh, orders over $119. But you got to act fast. If you want to get that in time for Christmas, have those gifts under the tree, you've pretty much got until the, uh, the end of this week uh, for standard shipping. Of course, they have express and premium shipping as well. So check all of that out. We've got all the great merchandise items over at the Ice Guys store. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, good stuff. Make sure you check that out right before the holidays. All right, best bets to wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, let's go with that late night game. Vancouver, San Jose, first period, over two plus 115. I mean, the Canucks, they've been rocking and rolling uh, with this first period overs. Even with the twos, we've seen a lot of pushes. We've seen some uh, tickets cash over. Uh, San Jose, like I said, coming back home, cocking in the net. This just screams like it could be a 2-1-3-1 Canuck lead after 20 minutes. So we're going to go over two in the first period with Vancouver and San Jose tonight. That's my best bet. All right, there we go. Vancouver and San Jose over two uh, in the uh, first period of that uh, nightcap tonight on the Wednesday slate. Uh, best bet uh, for Alex B. Smith. And one more note about the total because I'm on over six and a half in that game that I wanted to point out. Four of the last five meetings between the Canucks and Sharks have gone over the total. The one just recently in San Jose last month was a 4-3 Final score in overtime in favor of Vancouver. So uh, another uh, thing that would point you toward goals tonight in the Shark Tank. Uh, Will, great job. First time on the ice, guys. Uh, great job. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, what do you like for uh, best bet? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm on the Canucks money line tonight. I just think that they're going to overpower a tired San Jose team who's ready to go home just like the Coyotes. Um, I think that Vancouver, even if they get down a goal or two, can come back and win the game. And I would be looking live even to bet them and go a little bit more during the game, just like uh, Montreal the other night. So Canucks money line for me. I also like Houdon anytime goal scorer. I'm sure you're going to mention it as well. Um, he had 0.9 expected goals last game. And I just think that if Colorado scores tonight, he has a high probability of being one of the guys. I like it too. I'm betting that as well. Charles Houdon for the uh, Colorado Avalanche to score a goal. But best bet, Vancouver, minus 120 for Will for best bet for this card. My best bet, uh, I'm going to keep riding it. It's just, uh, uh, I like the, I took the Sabres as best bet Sunday. I'm going to uh, go with the total tonight uh, in the uh, Sabres game. Uh, Buffalo, Columbus, over six and a half, minus 130. Uh, we're going to go with that for a uh, best bet. Should be a lot of goals. Buffalo on a seven and one run to the over. Uh, in their last eight games. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Jackets should find the back of the net. Sabres should find the back of the net. Goals and bunches. Buffalo, Columbus, over six and a half uh, for my best bet for this Wednesday card. And that'll wrap up this edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Uh, hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. And before we wrap it up, Connor Ingram confirmed in net for the uh, Arizona Coyotes tonight. So uh, the old spidey sense is working for yours truly. I said, I think this could be a night where they rest Pamelka for the return home on Friday night. That's exactly what Andre Tourney uh, is doing as uh, Connor Ingram will get the uh, start tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. All right, good stuff. That is a wrap for the Wednesday show. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow on Thursday. I've got another guest joining me tomorrow. Alex will be off tomorrow, but he'll be back with us uh, on Friday. Uh, thanks for joining us. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. 
And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, our special guest, Will, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 